the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway. The Wednesday edition has arrived. Glad you're with us on the Outkick Network. YouTube is where you can find us, streaming live each day. Hope you'll search out Outkick. Join us there. Chad is in the chat, which is already busy. You can see him typing away right now. If you're listening on this great radio partner, we say thank you. Jam-packed show as usual. Let's have a show today, Chad. Let's have a show. Let's have a day. Uh, Chad Cascadden, the other Chad, will join us. I will meet my second... Chad, in my and life, I believe. so few of us doing good things in the world, so to meet another Chad is a true honor that's actually being somewhat <laughs> successful. Um, still an argument out there how much su- success this Chad is having. We'll compare. But the Chad that we're having on today is successful, so I look forward to talking to an- another Chad that's not a complete douchebag, <laughs> which is very rare in Fair this enough. world. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, Chad Cascada, not that. He, former Jets linebacker. Uh, SNY broadcaster, he joins us coming up in 20 minutes uh, with the vibe. We'll get the, the inside uh, reaction to what's going on with the Jets, quarterback options, and much more. Clay Travis also on today's show each and every Wednesday in hour number two. Looking forward to that chat as well. Uh, a lot to hit We'll throughout the show. We'll hit SEC Big Ten, NFL topics galore. We start, though, Chad, with Scorched Earth, our top headlines of the day. And we start in the NFL where the NFL PA executive director, uh, Lloyd Howell is his name. He replaces DeMora Smith, uh, who stepped down right around the start of the NFL season. Uh, Lloyd Howell, and on behalf of the players, demanding a switch from artificial surfaces, artificial turf, to natural grass. This stems from, of course, uh, a, a number, a litany of players who are on board with this idea, and they have, they have the floor right now because of the injury to Aaron Rodgers and it taking place at MetLife, which is notoriously one of the stadiums, Giants, Jets, they, every weekend they've got NFL teams coming through, uh, known for the turf, soggy turf on Monday night. Rodgers goes down with the Achilles injury on the fourth snap of his tenure with the Jets. The statement from the new executive director, Lloyd Howe, Moving all stadium fields to high-quality natural grass surfaces is the easiest decision the NFL can make. The players overwhelmingly prefer it, and the data is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial turf. It's an issue that has been near the top of the players' lists during my team visits and one I have raised with the NFL. Roger Goodell has responded to this. He was on ESPN early this morning and said, like, they're, they're going to look into all aspects of if this is accurate or not. Um, the turfs are different, and it's also collectively bargained, quite frankly, if they wanted to change this. We know that Messi refuses to play on turf, Chad, and now the NFL players are vocal about it again. This is not the first time. It won't be the last. And I will also add in, there are some awful natural grass stadiums. For decades, upon decades, the Raiders had a... Baseball diamond in the, the middle. Their problem was the dirt. The 50-yard line. Not the grass. And, uh, but I'm simply like the, the level of pristine natural surfaces are, you know, it, a dime a dozen when it, when it comes to like the perfect climate and the perfect stadium that actually keeps it up. Uh, are NFL owners going on the cheap with this without maintaining that surface? Yeah, they don't have to resod it. And they can get events in and out and play multiple games on um, back-to-back days or state championships or anything else they want to do. But if the players really want this done, there's a way to get it done. 
just refuse to play on it like Messi does. Instead, they sign with teams that have natural grass surfaces because it's faster. It allows players to play fast, and some players want that. And with the so the soccer comparison, it's it's interesting. It's it's a little bit different in that it's not just an injury thing. It's the way the soccer ball moves, the way the game is faster, the way it changes things on turf versus grass as to why a lot of soccer players hate any artificial surface. It's less about the speed of the surface and more about the risk of injury for football players and planting. And, and we're well, talking specifically now NFL players, this complaint. And, and non-contact. We, we should also mention that, which was not the case for Rodgers. Yeah, and look, if this is now the, the, the hill that we're going to die on for the NFLPA. And this is clearly a hot-button issue. And I knew the moment there was any speculation about that turf playing a part in Aaron Rodgers' story of the NFL, huge investment by the biggest market in America, New York Jets football team. Once he went down and there was any question about whether or not it was because of the surface that there was going to be a groundswell of support to go back to natural grass on every NFL surface. So I understood that that was coming. Here's the thing about it. The NFL and its owners are so good at negotiating with the NFLPA, they almost always win. Can't you just go back to natural grass and score some enormous win with them in a trade-off that you could still profit from? I mean, is the desire to have other events and not have to have a grounds crew manage it because of the other events, is that so expensive and so much that you can't come up with the way to go back to the negotiating table and say, we'll give you this if it's a player safety concern, like you say, but you're going to have to give us this, this, and this. I just feel like there's a way with the master negotiators of the NFL that always seem to win when it comes to their own players association, they could use this and score a victory in the process. But 14 teams still have natural grass. It would, it would take the other 18 to come around. Well, but like, for instance, four of the stadiums right now have a different turf than what we see at MetLife. Uh, there's this helix something which with coconut shells yeah. that you actually water. The Titans are one of them. Mike Vrabel, the head coach, who is a former player, backs this with what they put in at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. It's also at SoFi. It is at NRG in Houston. They have it uh, at one other stop, I believe. Maybe it's Vegas. There's, there's another stadium with this same turf. Point being, um, they say the research on this new turf isn't the same scale of injury as the old. And there's plenty of charts and, and, and data that point to more injuries on turf than not. I'll also say J.K. Dobbins went down with an Achilles injury and... That was on natural grass on the same week in week one. Uh, but I, I, I tend to believe if the owners thought that their marquee players, and it, that's what it takes, the marquee players. Well, here's one of them. Went down, that it was causing <clears throat> such uh, an injury uptick that it wouldn't be something that others would voluntarily go to just because they can play a bowl game on Saturday or an SEC championship game on Saturday and then roll it in uh, to a, a game on Sunday. And what do you do for the domes that, quite frankly, don't have what Phoenix has? Glendale, where you roll out the turf and roll it back in. Um, by the way, we are getting clarification here from some people on, uh, on the YouTube chat, so we should clarify this. 
Lionel Messi did hold a press conference and was asked about it and said he is okay playing on turf. Um, that he is unlike a past superstars who have joined the MLS, that he, that would not prevent him from playing in a match if it was on an artificial surface. So just wanted to well, clarify after, that. After his first game, their first road game was in Atlanta, and the t- discussion was whether or not he was actually going yeah. to play. I, I have not, uh, full, full disclosure, I've not heard or seen that press conference. So I just wanted to clarify that. Here's the thing with I don't I know we've got some you know graphs on specifics of injuries on grass versus artificial right. surfaces. There is a great scientific debate to be had, and Dr. David Chow came on yesterday and told us about the merits of some of the arguments, but also some other ones like this Aaron Rodgers injury where he said I think it would have happened on any surface you were playing on that it didn't have anything to do with it with this specific injury. <clears throat> My thing is if all the players think that it's a problem, then it's probably a problem. And I think the mental aspect of it is a part of this. And if it is so important for him, Hutton, you brought it up. These things are collectively bargained. What are you going to give up to get the other 18 owners to put natural grass on their field? I I just see this as yet another opportunity. I'm not trying to speak to NFL ownership and say, hey, here's a way you guys and gals can get it right this one time. They get it right all the time. They'll probably get it right on this too. If this is this big of an issue... For the NFLPA, get rid of all artificial surfaces, put natural grass down the fields, and then watch what the owners get in return with that trade-off. I'm willing to bet you it's a win for the league regardless. Even if they roll over on this one issue, I think what they get in return will end up making them more money. Well, they have a, another decade before they have to worry about that uh, based on the negotiations and the, the, the length of the contract. I'll also say this. Uh, these same players are practicing on in indoor practice facilities with turf on a sometimes daily basis, unless you're in Cincinnati who doesn't have the indoor facility. Be a good question you know for I mean? players. Like, and, and, so, do and you want to play on put this new turf in their practice facility as well? Yeah. Do Do you want to play on grass when it's freezing cold uh, or raining? You know, do you want to abandon the indoor facility for the very same reason? Negotiate less practice, Chad. Yeah, look. Keep the I, turf. Just we're not practice. I I don't know. I I yeah. you know I can see how it could be an issue on certain surfaces, and I definitely see how a bunch of rain in the New Jersey area and a very slick surface on that would be a problem. And that if you slip the right way, you're gonna hurt your Achilles or hurt your ankle in a certain way. I, I get all of that. I I just think that if this is such a big issue for the players, I'm just looking at what they're saying, not what I necessarily think about it. If this is a die-on-the-hill moment for the players, I'm still willing to bet you the owners could give this to them and still end up getting more in return because of it. Well, I, I want to see the results of the new version of whatever, or in some of these stadiums, four of the stadiums, and see the results on that because the climate is not the same like we see at the Rose Bowl everywhere. It's just not doable. And if you want that, if you want to go to the natural turf, the turf will end up being dirt by the time December rolls around. And in some cases, like Washington's old stadium or current stadium, all the time. Well, I mean, it's, it, there's it's, no protocol. Players are playing on you know pastures uh, at least uh, once every two or three years in the rotation based on Washington and what used to be in Oakland. It's a difficult situation with MetLife Stadium because you got two owners involved that play on that surface, right? So it's not as easy as Woody Johnson is so distraught by his star quarterback and investment going down that he's going to rip up the artificial surface and put down grass because there's too many considerations. It would be an interesting case study to see what would happen if Aaron Rodgers was playing for a different owner 
that also had ownership in the stadium. And if that owner decided, I'm not having this happen again, I think that that surface played a part in it. I'm going natural grass. Robert Sala did say, like, in some cases it could cause injury. He says for non-contact, he would lean that way. This was a contact a injury. trauma-induced contact is the way Sala referred to it as. Chad, a lawsuit filed for discrimination and retaliation by Jim Trotter, a former reporter for NFL.com, who's now with The Athletic, uh, has filed a lawsuit stemming from how he was, uh, his contract was not renewed this past March uh, after being told that it would be by the VP of on-air talent management uh, for the NFL, who last year told him, hey, we expect the contract to be renewed, indicated that uh, the network, NFL network, would want him uh, to be in an expanded role. And that changed. And I remember the tweets that were going out at the state of the NFL address by Goodell at the Super Bowl this past year um, in, in Arizona, where Trotter brought up the, the, he phrased it in a way that he phrased the same topic the year prior about minorities being in high positions within the league. And he was the one that, vo- that asked the question and the tweets were going out saying, here's Jim Trotter on, who works for NFL Network, NFL.com, asking the commissioner about this. And it turns into things that he was censored about and how after he asked these questions at the, while Goodell's at the podium, turns out they didn't renew his contract and he ends up at The Athletic and we see this lawsuit. Among, among other allegations, including Terry Pagula, uh, with uh, the Buffalo Bills, that ownership. I think there's a lot of, you know, hot take type opinions on both sides of this. Some defending Jim Trotter and saying everything he says is absolutely true, taking it as gospel that he should get, you know, everything he's suing for from the NFL and beyond. The NFL owners are all racist and, and this and that. And there's other people saying, oh, here's another, someone in our YouTube chat. You know, here's another racist grifter trying to make money off of racism with, with Jim Trotter. Here's what I know about this, and this is, should not surprise anyone. If you go after your bosses publicly, you're probably not going to get renewed. You're, you might get fired. Like, I, I don't know that any of this surprises anyone. If you decide to take a job with NFL.com, and as part of your job, you get this calling internally to seek justice and go on a crusade against the racist owners of the NFL, and you start asking your boss, the commissioner of the NFL, questions that make him uncomfortable and the league uncomfortable, and when approached about backing down from that, you tell them, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to uncover the truth. I'm a journalist. Their response is probably going to be, well, you can go be a journalist somewhere else because you're not going to make money from the NFL questioning all of us and saying that we're all racist. I think that's pretty common sense. Now, here's the other thing I, w- I would say. I'm pretty sure the NFL has created a contract that they have protected themselves pretty well against things like this with this lawsuit. So, I mean, do I think that you know there might be a racist tendency in some owners in the NFL? Sure. I and mean, I'm not blind to it. Everybody's got some sort of bias here or there. Do I think that everything he said about Terry Pagula and Jerry Jones was exactly as he's claiming? 
I don't. I don't know that because well, they're denying it also. Yeah. But this seems but, like pretty common sense stuff to me that he wasn't going to be renewed when he started down this path. And and what he the questioning was about why what they discussed a year ago had not been addressed visually, where they you can optically, where you can see uh, minorities getting opportunities in executive roles within the league. And Goodell quickly moved on with his answer. But it came from a reporter that works for the league. More on this uh, a bit later. We dive into the Jets and where they go from here. Chad Cascadden joins us next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hope everyone's uh, doing well on this Wednesday. We've got primary complaint coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Clay Travis will join us in an hour from right now. Chad, how many, how many other Chads do you know? Um, whew, boy, I'd say maybe three to four. Okay. Solid contacts in the phone by the name of Chad. There's not, there's not a lot of us out there. Um, that one would like to call a friend. Well, <laughs> the way people like to call me a friend and probably our next guest a friend. Yeah, you, you can add another Chad uh, to your life, Chad. Uh, Chad Cascadden joins us, former New York Jets linebacker, SNY broadcaster. Chad, uh, thanks for taking the time, and Hope things are well. Things are well. Of course, in Chad world, we got to stay, we got to stick together, us Chads now. You know, there's not many of us out there. It's and everybody seems to think my name is Jack because I always say, hey, I'm Chad Cascada, and I get Jack a lot. I get dad a lot. Like when anyone says, I don't know if you have the same problem, Chad, <laughs> but when someone from my life, if they yell dad or say it in the, the right way, I always kind of turn around thinking for a second they're saying Chad at that point. But you'd have to agree the name Chad has become, I think, yeah. unfairly ridiculed over the years to the point where we almost have to defend ourselves for having this name. Well, I don't speak for yourself. I don't defend myself. I, I just like, you can call me. I'm I'm the perfect alpha Chad. That's who I am. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you this know? is in the friend group now. Former no man. That, uh, look, I got. I have four boys. I'm you know. I'm opinionated, as you might see on SNY. Um, I've got a loud voice, and yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm kind of that. I'm kind of a Chad. I guess you'd say, the alpha Chad. Meet the beta Chad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kindred spirits, right? That's right. Kindred spirits. Two, two Chads. Two Chads in a pod. Chad Cascadden with us. Uh, so, uh, can you describe the the vibe post game for the Jets on Monday night with Rodgers being done and the Jets actually winning, but it was very somber. I was on the field when Vinny Testaverde blew his Achilles out in the 99 season after we had that great run in 98. And the beginning of the season was, I don't want to say it was just as good as that Monday night because I had friends at that Monday night game and they said they've never had electricity like that. That was as much as they've ever seen. But the 99 season for us was we got everybody back. Curtis Martin at running back. We got everybody back on defense. And we go out there and, you know, Vinny blows his Achilles and we just felt the entire place just, it was like a balloon. Like all the air just went out. So the fact that the Jets were able to rally 
and win that game, especially on a walk-off punt return, which is insane. Um, really, it, it said a lot to me about the, the coaching and the ability to rebound off of such a unbelievably bad injury. Now, he did come off. They said it was an ankle issue, but I think as you saw the replays, it was very clear that you know it was Achilles. When I saw it immediately, I was like, ah, oh, this is Achilles. I knew it immediately. I'm like, I've seen that before. <laughs> so, I, you know, fans are like, you know, throwing their hands up, go out, sign another guy. I think they got the guy in the house. Let's talk about the guy in house in Zach Wilson, Chad, because I look at that roster for the Jets. We, we talked about it a lot yesterday uh, after this, this injury on Monday night. I see an elite roster uh, on defense and the supporting cast of, of Zach Wilson. Has he improved enough, not just on field, but from a leadership standpoint that clearly was lacking with some of his public comments a year ago to where this team, you know, maybe not a Super Bowl favorite or anything, but a team that could still very well be a playoff team and win a playoff game? Yeah, I would imagine that he's probably had a couple of slices of humble pie since then. And also, he's now operating behind a guy that, knows how to do it. And he took that, I think, to heart. And I think he's been trying to basically copy what Aaron Rodgers is doing. So you can even see some of his throws are eerily similar, like that throw into the end zone was basically the same exact play Aaron Rodgers threw in the preseason to the same guy. Same throw, same play, same everything. And, I mean, Wilson made an incredible catch on that. But I think he's got enough humble pie in him where he's like, look, uh, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. He's also got a roster where he doesn't feel like, I don't think he feels like he has to carry the franchise. I think when he came in, he felt like maybe I have to show my arm off. I've got to carry the franchise. But now he's got a better old line. He's got two great running backs. He's got great receivers and tight ends. And he's got a top 10 defense. So, you know, having played for Belichick, and I did for three years, I, I know what they can do. Meaning, if you don't turn the ball over on offense and you don't get penalties on offense, and you can take time off the clock, and they can do that with that running game. They've got the running game. They can run the ball and shorten that game. And if he just doesn't go outside of what he's supposed to, I think the Jets still got a good shot at making the playoffs. Are they a Super Bowl team? You know. Let's see if they can go on two first, okay, before we <laughs> go to the Super Bowl. But I think there's optimism. I think he can play. I think Zach can play. Chad Cascadden with us. So from, from the aspect of coach and GM, what, how do you think Woody Johnson handles this? Because it's clear he wanted the veteran. They go out and he pays. They get it. Um, he's also been known yep. to get rid of coaches or general managers relatively sooner rather than later if things aren't working out. He he doesn't he doesn't sit around and wait, even though it may not work for the next hire. Right. It right. how much pressure is on Sala and and Joe Douglas to make it work with Zach Wilson now versus clear expectations yep. of Super Bowl type performances week in and week out when they had Rodgers. Yeah, that's a good question. I still think that there's high expectations, both from the coach and from the owner, of course. 
I think Douglas has done a real nice job of building this team. I knew it was going to take him a few years. He's got to get rid of some guys. He's got to bring in some new blood. He changed the culture a little bit. I think Rodgers was a real injection for not only just the offense, but for the entire defense and the coaching staff. Because as a local here, you kept hearing even the coaching staff saying, what a presence that he was in the building and how on the field, even during practice, he's talking to coaches and telling them, Hey, you, you know, why are you running this play out of this formation? It doesn't work like that. You know, that's, I think why he wanted to have Hackett there is because he had that relationship with Hackett at green Bay and could tell Hackett, Hey, I like the play. I don't like the formation or I don't like the call, but if you call this, this is a better call in this situation. I think, for coaches to have a general on the field to give him that insight was super, super helpful. Now it's not there. Will Rogers be in the room with the quarterbacks? I hope so. I hope he comes back. I hope he's rehabbing. I hope he's in the room with, with Zach. I hope that he puts in the effort because he's very, very valuable when it comes to play calling, play selection, what to look for on all these little tiny things that when you do make it into the NFL, it is those little tiny things. And so, you know, does Woody Johnson expect a Super Bowl? I don't know. Maybe. Does he now? Maybe not, but let's win some games first and then see, because this kid, you know, I think he's got the opportunity to, to show that he's worth that number two pick. And if he plays with it himself, I think you're going to see a really, really good player. And I, maybe it's as simple as if Rodgers returns, and I know that was more of a question uh, on yesterday than today. I, the sentiment I've been reading and hearing is people would be shocked if he retires, but the age factor was yep. brought up when the injury occurred. He's not; it, He would want to return to the staff that he chose to play for, and I, I guess you agree that there's no way he steps away from the game based on this injury. It'd be... Unless he had a setback that yeah. was unrecoverable, which, I, you know, the doctors have said it's a very typical injury. Um, it takes probably anywhere between six to nine months to heal. But when it does heal, it'll be fine. And, you know, look back at what Vinny Testaverde did. He blew it in 99. He came back in 2000. And he did fine. He was fine. I, I think that he'll come back. I don't think he wants to go out on uh, like this. I mean, I, I just, I, as a player, I can't imagine... With his talent, I still think he can play. Maybe not at the exact level he used to play at, but I still think he can play at a very, very high level. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't come back. How much of the discussion has been about the turf at, at MetLife, and where do you side on that debate? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've blown my ACL on both knees, left and right knee, and I did them both on grass. So go figure. You know, my best games were on turf, and I actually like turf. I well, I also played on that that Brillo pad turf, which is much different than the current, you know, sort of fake grass that they have now with all the rubber pellets and all that. You know, we played on that padded Brillo pad that, you know, was kind of like concrete. this thick and yeah. um, basically concrete or, <laughs> you know, blacktop underneath it. Uh, but I actually played better on that. And I actually liked that better, although it did rough up your arms and knees pretty good. Um, but as far as whether it's the turf's fault or not, Look, when you got a 265-pound guy laying on the back of your heel, I don't think it would have mattered. I don't uh, I don't know if grass would have helped him or not. I don't know. 
I, 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 you know, they have studies to show that there's really no significant difference, but I think you will, if you asked players, what would you rather play turf or grass? I think most would probably say grass. Did, did we learn anything about the Buffalo Bills in this game? We clearly learned a bit about the Jets and their resiliency in that one. Was this, you just chalk it up to bad night for Josh Allen, great win for the Jets, or is there something deeper going on that may concern you a bit when you watch that Bills team? Nah, Josh Allen had a bad night. I mean, you, you erase those three interceptions, the game's not close. It's over. Um you know, good to Whitehead, though. What a job he did. Three interceptions in a game? I didn't have three interceptions in five years. Um, so good for him. But, no, this is a correctable mistake. He tried to do too much. He tried to use his arm too much. He was inaccurate. And, you know, they're going to calm him down, and he'll be fine, and they'll be a team to be because they're a good team. And I'm happy the Jets won because, you know, I'm a New York fan. Um, well, I mean, the Bills are technically New York too, right? So, uh, but I'm 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 quite sure the Bills are going to be they're going to be back. They'll be they'll be better next week. What did they do at backup quarterback now? The Jets. Ooh, well, they're going to have to elevate the kid off of the practice squad, obviously. Um, and I'm you know probably bringing a veteran that may know the system a little bit better than someone who's just off the street. So. I don't know who that is. It's yeah. a good question, guys. But um, I don't think that they anticipated something like this. And so they're going to have to go find somebody that's familiar sort of with this West Coast type offense and the and the terminology and the numerology and all that kind of stuff. Because it is like a different language. And, you know, I, so my guess would be it's a quarterback that's very familiar with sort of that West Coast, Green Bay, Hackett type of offense that I'm play calling. Chad Cascadden has been our guest, former New York Jets linebacker. I, go ahead. I was just going to say, and unfortunately, I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's probably on a roster somewhere, right? Like, that's the other downfall. The only the only positive, and it's not really a positive because it happened. You want him to play longer than 70% of the snaps, but at least you have your first-round pick a year from now and not giving that to Green Bay uh, based on the terms of Oh, yeah, of that I never thought of that. Uh, Chad, never thanks. never thought of that. Thanks for the time, man, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the – your New York teams do well. Hey, thanks. You know what? Jet fans deserve to have some wins and deserve. And, and I hope that uh, I hope Zach can pull it together and, and give the uh, fans something to cheer for, because, you know, I'm actually from Wisconsin. I was a Green Bay fan, still am. But I got to tell you, these Jet fans, there's nothing like them. And when you can get them to behind a ra and rally behind the team, there's nothing like it. That's evident based on the atmosphere pregame and for the first series there. Uh, Chad, appreciate it, as always. Thanks, guys. Chad Cascadon. Uh, Wisconsin and now New York and Wisconsin everything in between. That's right. Um, I, I think that I, I agree with him on Zach Wilson. I'm not quite as optimistic, but I do think that he can get the job that needs to get done now. That job he can get done. He's this, not going to be Aaron Rodgers this week. But he can do what they need. Is crucial for all of that because he's got to not just lead. He doesn't have to be the guy, but he's got to be accountable. And I, and, he's got to be a guy. And no, right, well, sure. I mean, he's I mean, he's, he's. I don't think he's ever going to be to your point, Hutton, the guy on that team and that that roster right now. 
But he needs to be one of the guys, and he separated himself from the guys a year ago yeah, and with his post-game comments. He's got to right. He's got to get, game, a, get along and go along before he's in any type of position of leadership. The week after the New England loss where the defense allowed a total of three points, the players didn't really shy away from questions asked about Wilson because he wasn't the starter anymore. Sala and the going into the offseason presser doubled down on the fact they weren't going to get rid of him. They were going to develop him. And now he's got to develop behind the scenes with the locker room. If he can do that, he can be successful. Primary complaint is next. Coming up in uh, 40 minutes, Clay Travis joins us. Looking forward to that. Hot Mike with Hutton with our rolls on across Hutton, the Outkick Network. If I may, yeah, sure. Uh, there's a microphone in front of me. So first off, let me get this drink out of the way. It's all good. Can I sound off for a second? Yes. Someone bothering you in the chat? No, 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 no. Chat's great today. People are terrific in the chat. They're viewing our show, so we love them. Um, the VMAs last night. The MTV Video Music Awards were on. I think wow. it was on last night. I recorded it. It was on Paramount Network and not on MTV, but I think it was on MTV also. It's probably like a simulcast situation. I'm on Twitter, and I'm getting excited because all over Twitter, Twitter is lit, or X, I should say. Sorry, I'll learn at some point. X is lit. People are ablaze because NSYNC is going to have a reunion at the VMAs. Okay. So when I say the five original members of NSYNC will be together for the first time in over a decade, and they're going to be at the VMAs, would you not expect them to perform? Yes, Because seeing as the VMAs yes, are a big performance vehicle, and that's all people talk about are their performances the VMAs, I, I recorded <laughs> this entire damn show, and I fast-forward <laughs> through it. And a couple things. Look, I, I know maybe 20% of the artists of today is what I learned mm -hmm. that performed on this show, but they did a 50 Years of Hip Hop tribute where Run DMC and LL Cool J came out they had um a, a puff daddy like lifetime achievement award where he went through all of his greatest hits which was which was really cool so some of the older stuff i knew shakira was the vanguard oh. award winner so she had a big performance which was titillating um so i'm expecting to be titillated by nsync right jc shaze joey fatone chris kirkpatrick lance bass justin timberlake they come out <laughs> they say eight words and they present an award together on stage. That was it. That was the entire thing. Here's a photo of them presenting to Taylor Swift, who won the award. Justin Timberlake looked upset being there with these guys, quite frankly. Felt like his star power was diminishing around the four of them. I was bummed. having. I didn't spend... Now, I did watch a couple of the old, the old school performances, but having fast-forwarded through it, recording it, and seeing that they did not perform, real I, bummer. I miss, uh, you're telling a story and I'm thinking to myself how much I miss the old school MTV. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I'm watching some of that. And I'm like, the, even the clips of the videos, I, I did not see a second of any video. I, I think but, Taylor Swift won every award for uh, Antihero, that, that song and video. I think that's what was winning okay. all the awards because that's what they kept playing every time she went up there. It's me. Yeah, yeah. I'm the problem. It's me, that song. Um, I, I'd never seen a second of the video. Back in the day, Hutton, I would have seen that video a thousand times. And then it would have transitioned into Kid Rock, to Limp Biscuit, to 
50 cent. Yeah. You know? Uh, I also, the, the someone on there say hip-hop isn't music. Hip-hop sucks. Old-school hip-hop does not suck. The hip-hop of my youth does not suck. Some of the hip-hop of today, they may have a catchy beat or two, but it is, it's a different form of music. Chad's a fan of Backstreet like, I'm, Boys. I'm not even, Backstreet Boys would have performed, right? Well, like, I, it's, You're it's, saying when this. you watch like the medley of all the original hip-hop songs going through the years, and then uh, a modern rapper comes out, Today, it's not the same genre. Starts with Lil. It's yeah. It's it's. Well, I think even Lil's out now. Lil oh. Uzi Vert, isn't that one? Uh, Again, that's what I'm saying. Dylan said yes. Dylan knows. I'm very hip. Davey um, Hudson knows as well. He he's right didn't alley. perform though. Yeah, that he's into the uh, the such a music moment. of today and the the youth. I. You're a big South Park fan. There's that episode where Stan, I think it's like on his 10th birthday, everything just sounds like crap. And that's all he hears every time they play music. And I think I hit that moment about five years ago. Really? I'm trying to think of a song that's been released in the last five years that I actually I enjoyed. You were discussing the episode where Randy is announcing Randy is Lord? He is Lord. Yeah. The artist. <laughs> no, I would have preferred Lord play. <laughs> Quite frankly, compared to some of these acts that took the stage, uh, I I would have loved Lord. Is Carson Daly there? Lord is a throwback artist now uh, on these award shows. Carson Daly did not make an appearance. Hello, um, <laughs> Cool J looks great. I just love the fact that uh, Puff Chad, Daddy. Chad knew about this show. I had no Puff clue Daddy they were still doing this. Puff Daddy is fifty three years old <laughs> and he looks thirty three. The dude has been. He's like Ted Williams on ice. He's like put himself, he's frozen himself over time. He looked terrific. Well, you started with the, uh, you, you call it Twitter still, even though it's X, or X, it's formerly yeah. known as. When was the last time we went by Puff Daddy, Chad? Come on. P. Diddy. They, well, they introduced him as Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, something else. Doesn't matter. He's a legend. Sean and then he Combs. came Did you just on go stage. by Sean Combs now? No, they didn't even say Sean Combs. When they, I don't know who. I swear, um, every woman who took the stage I thought was Lil' Kim. Well, and it may have been like I, someone, please hit me. I, I doubt anyone on the YouTube chat right now watched this last night, but someone has to inform me of was Lil Kim hosting last night. <laughs> I could do a podcast Did, just on me fast forwarding to the VMAs and was, my interpretation of what's happening. I'm still hung up on you recording the VMAs in 2023. Oh man, I look. It was all because of NSYNC. it was all because of Insync, and they didn't perform. Was Jamiroquai there? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think. Uh, New edition also yeah. didn't take the stage. That is what we need. Hutton is a throwback boy band tribute. Where Backstreet Boys, New Edition, uh, what was the one? Manolo, <laughs> the LFO, LFO, uh, Rich Crone, and 98 Degrees, Nick Lachey. We need like one after the other on different stages, rotating and playing their hits. That's a VMAs that I will celebrate. Unlike the one last night. Chet, I am stunned that this wasn't your primary complaint today. Just, just saying. It, it, it's, it's not because every week at this time we air our top grievance of the week, and Chad did it outside of this segment. So I'm eager to hear his coming up. Hold on. So Go ahead. thank God for Allie in our YouTube chat, our, our resident uh, young too. person who saw it, said uh, Nicki Minaj hosted. Oh. I said Lil' Kim. Nicki Minaj is who I was actually thinking of when I said Lil' Kim. Uh, Nicki Minaj hosted. She was out there, but she had so many different looks and outfits on. It was a different person every time she she stepped on stage. Uh, NSYNC presented Taylor Swift with an award, and in her speech, she speculated, quote, why are they all here? They're going to be doing something, <laughs> is what she said. Maybe so they got into a fight backstage. Maybe a Taylor Swift 
in sync collab coming? Maybe so. As part of it? I mean, she acted like in sync they were the Beatles, too, which was hilarious. She said, I had your I mean, dolls when I was 10 years old talking about in sync, and you guys are pop music personified. I like country and I like to be in all these different genres. You guys are pop music. And I'm thinking, easy. I love boy bands like everyone else, but let's <laughs> chill out a bit about this, uh, you know. Were they Lou Pearlman also, or did they dodge the Lou Pearlman bullet? Everyone was Lou Pearlman. I know Backstreet Boys were Lou Pearlman. I don't. I don't know. In Sync, O Town, O Town. Wow. Those were all Lou Pearlman. Anyway, just a quick aside. They're not. Had to get that off my chest. Hey, it is time for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week is elevator etiquette. And it's about getting on the elevator instead of walking out of the elevator. I'm assuming anytime the elevator doors open anywhere that there's someone that is going to walk out of the elevator. Um, that's not the case in the assumption for the average person waiting on the doors to open. And I have no idea why. And I, I view things as who has the right of way in order for you to get on. I need to be able to walk out. And far too often the look of disdain and anger as I should wait and get out of the way. So you and your pet can get on the elevator before I get off that is my primary complaint. Huge problem. Huge problem on elevators everywhere. I, I love that one. My primary complaint this week, medicine that doesn't work at all. And I'm talking about this story. This is a story from uh, NBC News. A key ingredient in many over-the-counter cold and allergy medications called, f- f- I knew I was going to screw this up, phenylephrine doesn't work to get rid of nasal congestion. An FDA advisory panel concluded Tuesday, the unanimous vote which specifically declared oral formulations of phenylephrine ineffective, completely, doesn't work. It's a placebo. I have enormous allergy and congestion issues. I think I'm allergic to this microphone because every time I get around it, I want to sneeze every single day. (laughs) Maybe it's mental. You know why it may be mental? Because the fact that we have been being sold allergy medication for years now. That's nothing. It doesn't work. I've long speculated it doesn't work because my allergies never seem to improve. Now we have the proof. Get it together, drug companies. If you're going to rake us over the coals constantly and produce billions, at least produce something that works. That is my primary complaint. I need to get the article on this, of the medications that that actually entails because i might be right there with you chad as far as getting the placebo guys my primary by the way davy i went and checked i've got like a a, a knockoff zyrtec that i take daily same it does not have this ingredient it's good to know thank you all right so olberman says that you have allergies because you don't take medicine yeah i'm not Uh, quadruple boosted so uh, that's why i have allergies guys my primary complaint is one i think everyone's at least had one of these moments in their life where they're in public and they walk into a single stall restroom and someone is in you using the restroom and they did not lock the door. And so then you have that awkward moment where they're like, oh, I, I, I didn't realize I didn't lock the door. And then you, you sit there, you stand there and you're just thinking, 
all right, I guess I just walk out now. Like it's just such an awkward interaction. And it's so weird. And, so, and like in the worst possible moment, somebody's actually sitting down. They, they don't have their pants on. And you're just like, now I have to envision that like you're having to envision right now. And it's just awful. And that is my primary complaint. I don't know how you forget to lock the door. If it's a, a one, like a, the family bathroom or whatever. Yeah, that's that's got to be <laughs> first on the priority list. When you go into a solo bathroom, yeah. is lo- not just locking. And there are the, far too often the doors that barely, like ba- no, no, the, the lock barely turns. And I'm always paranoid that it doesn't lock. You yeah. Know, like, but it yeah. does, yes. but it doesn't actually click. It just, you, I'm like, here's is, is this hate. working? I hate the push locks. Yes. Because then when you try to check and see if it's locked, yeah. it automatically opens. opens. And then I'm kind of looking at the side to make sure that it's in enough that it's locked. Yeah. But there's no way to know because when you yeah. push down on the handle, it unlocks Everyone regardless. Everyone can relate to this, Davey. Automatically. So you gotta, I'm like, you're just praying. I hope this thing is locked. There's no way to know. Did I this, want something I can turn and then check the handle to make sure no one's opening it and that it's locked. Did this happen recently to you? Yes. Uh happened within... The last week. Right and, here, I'm sure. Uh, no, well, I've always feared that it would happen at the here, here at 6 and P in that one restroom that's like right in front of the actual yes. restrooms where like seven or yeah, eight people can restroom. use at a time. Uh, this was actually at the gym last week. <laughs> oh, and it's God. it's also, it's just one of those things too where it's like whenever I'm going into a a bathroom where it's like I actually have to physically turn the handle, you look down at the handle. And so then when you go in, your eyes come up. If you can imagine the eyes coming up and what I had to see in that moment. So it's just awkward. It's a terrible, terrible moment. And uh, it's why it's my primary complaint. I go to a gym where it has all over the, the walls, like no chalk, no throwing weight around, yeah. no, no excessive noise while you're working out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, not to throw people off. I, I feel like all the guys in the gym save the noise for the bathroom. Oh. Like they're all like making so much noise in the bathroom that I'm like, what? What's what, going on what in there? What all is going on? Yeah. Is in everyone here? in there? I go at like you, it's like I can't have this, have this release out in the gym when I'm doing, you know, uh, my squats. So now I have to get that noise out while I'm here in the locker room every time. It's very off putting. Instead of just grunting on the bench. Yeah. I, I work out in silence. Like if I'm doing something where I have to start grunting or I'm laboring and yeah. I'm making noise, I'm stopping. That's my cue to stop the workout. It's too intense. Right. I, You're I don't, not going to be that guy. I don't need to get something where I'm like throwing people off thinking that I'm having some sort of medical episode while I'm lifting weights. I've, I, I have Very low impact. I'm fortunate. Uh, no one's walked in on me in a public restroom. Uh, thank goodness. Um, we have a I, great story, though. We don't I, have enough time for it oh, now, Hutton, but we have a great yeah. story about a former employee yes. who walked in on a former boss. And, and, and the reaction... And they didn't get along. The reaction of the employee... Towards, Screaming at the former boss. Lock the blanking door. Which yelling I mean, at the person who's sitting there, pants down. A, a great one, Dave, because I'm now envisioning if that happened to me on the reverse end of things. Coming up, we've got headlines. Uh, and week one of the Fun NFL, times. full of lies and some truths. Next. <laughs> 